Hi, and welcome to another episode of Kentarkis. My name is Michael Yon, and this episode is You Are What You Eat and You Are What You Think. So, welcome, Kentarkis. And firstly, what do you mean about you are what you eat and you are what you think? Well, Michael, that's an interesting um, statement, isn't it, when you think about it? You are what you eat and you are what you think. I think a lot of people don't realize right from the word go, when you say you are what you eat, okay, they're going to say, what do I mean? What, what am I saying? You are what you eat. Well, whatever you put into your body, you literally become. And that's what people don't understand. It's like if you put junk food into your body, your body becomes junk. You don't have the energy like a person that's, say, healthy in their eating habits. And if you put in, say, uh, flesh, for instance, um, from animals, well, that in itself is so degrading to your cellular structure when it's living energy. And that meat is, say, so many synthetic hormones, so many antibiotics, and it's a proven scientific fact that the amount of, how would you say, antibiotics that are placed within that animal in its lifetime before it's slaughtered and fed to humans, it will literally destroy your immune system. And they've actually proven that. If you put, say, drugs into your body, your body will not function correctly. Your body will have less energy. Um, you won't be able to stretch. You'll have a lot of aches and pains. If you put, say, a lot of alcohol into your body, it's the same thing. You create all this acidic acid, and you create so much acidic acid from actual meat. So when I say you are what you eat, that's exactly what it is. And when I say you are what you think, your thoughts govern every action and every desire in your current life. So that's what I'm saying. You are what you think. So on with it. Let's look at it this way. It is the human individual's choice, 100%, to become whatever you wish throughout your existence in this present life that each of you are experiencing through your thoughts and especially your free will in what you, as an individual, consume within your human body. Most human beings do not fully understand that it is vital to watch and be aware what you each think and what you each consume. For what you think, you will eventually become, and what you eat, you will also become. This is something that each of you, as human individuals, must bring to your own self-realization. It's like saying you cannot grow consciously if your thoughts are negative on a constant basis. You cannot grow consciously if you put bad food into your human body because you do not have the nutrients to sustain and balance the mind, the body and the spirit as one. Let's say, for example, if a human being grows up with deep emotional resentment from their childhood, in most situations, they will carry that emotion throughout their entire human life. Just like a human being having a drug problem, they will find it most difficult to grow consciously because the drugs, which are pure toxins, will interfere with their natural growth of becoming consciously aware. Okay, so where does it all come from? <laughs> I think that's a million-dollar question, Michael. 
Very good question. Where does it all come from? There is only one answer, and yes, you can make as many excuses as you wish, but the only answer is your past, and yes, also, genetic transfer from your human parents. Just stop and think for a moment, then ask yourself this question. Be honest from your heart, because only through an honest heart can the truth manifest itself in its totality. It is the love from your heart that is pure. And so ask from your heart, why do I believe what I believe today? You will come up with many answers. You may say, society, experiences of life. That's how it is. That's what I am. These are all very valid answers. But the real reason why you think what you think today and what you consume on a daily basis goes back even before you were born. When you were conceived within your mother's womb, and as you grew, you also experienced every single emotion and experience your mother did, whether painful or loving. If your human mother and your human father put bad foods, liquids into their bodies, along with bad thoughts being negative and painful, then the body which you were born into will also have encoded within its own genetics the same emotions, the same experiences, and in most, the same physical effects of the food which was consumed by your human parents. Because your human body was created from theirs. That encoding has laid out what you will think throughout your human life and what you will eat throughout your human life. Because the human body is made up of over four quadrillion cells of living energy which act like little computers, storing information, which will be activated throughout your human life, depending on your own personal experiences at different times. Can that be altered, changed? Absolutely 100%, Michael. But beyond that, many will say, no, that is not true. I am an individual, I am myself. But if you look back into the past and go back and look at your human parents, their habits, their way of life, the way they think, what they eat, 85% of the time you will find that you have certain habits that represent their genetics. I'm not saying it's negative or positive. What I am saying, every human being is encoded from the moment of conception. Now, if you come from a negative family, where there was nothing but violence, no love, complete misery, unhappiness, no joy, then you will bring that same negativity forth as you mature throughout your human life. That will create circumstances in your human life because everything in this universe is created by the power of thought. Everything in this universe is magnetic energy and how you as a human being or an individual use that energy depends on you personally. So it is vital to your conscious growth as a spirit being, which is living and experiencing a physical existence. So what you express through your thoughts, whether negative or positive, creates your human life and your children's lives and their children's lives. I know some of you now will be saying that it's not po possible. It is the truth. But you cannot hold anger towards your mother or your father because they would have possibly felt the same. So the power of knowing, the power of changing, only starts with the individual.
So who do we each blame? <laughs> you, you ever heard of the word like, well, let's put it this way. If you went along to a racetrack and you were sort of in a crowd of people and you were walking down these steps and suddenly you weren't looking where you were going because you were cheering out all these football players that were coming onto the field and suddenly knocked the person in front of you and they knocked their person and you all fell down. Who do you blame? <laughs> hey? Who do you actually blame? I believe blame must be the responsibility of the individual. And I also believe the word blame is so convenient. You did this to me. It's all your fault how I turned out. If you would have just loved me more, I wouldn't be this way. Most of human life is based on fear experiences, either past, present, even future. What we do need to remember, every human individual has chosen their life experiences. That is, you have each chosen certain lessons to learn, to understand and to grow from. You have even chosen your human parents and your human parents chose you. Many find this hard to believe because of their own deeply ingrained conditioning. An example, let us use the concept of the past and imagine it sitting on a scale on the left-hand side. Come now to the centre of the scale and let us call it the present. Then go to the right-hand side of our imaginary scale and call it the future. Now we have three very important words that do have an enormous bearing on your current life, as well as your own past incarnations. It is the past, the present, and the future. If the human being grows up with negative emotions like brutality or no love, then the past will come through you as a condition, and you will constantly attract into your life an energy that will reinforce the same conditioning in the, in the present, which will create your future. So each of you, as human beings, have a choice, and the choice is yours alone. The negativity within the human individual may have been nurtured, buried for over 30 years of your human life, which in reality needs to come to the surface and be dissolved if you are to be set free from it. So if we look at the word blame, we shouldn't. We shouldn't blame anyone for anything in our life because we put ourselves there to be blamed. We marry someone to be blamed. And the reason we are blamed is because we have within us negative emotions that need to come out of us. And we are in that moment there and that person who is blaming you is helping you look at yourself. So don't ever blame anyone for anything because it's the individual's choice. Just remember that. So how would one break free? Well, there again, it all starts with your thoughts. Thoughts are very personal. Even, say, especially the foods that are consumed, they're personal, what we enjoy consuming. Learning to be honest in how you feel about yourself, even the society that you live within, be conscious with who you are friends with. Don't be scared or frightened to be in your own personal space when you are alone. That's when you begin to discover, in truth, who you are. Then learn to forgive yourself and especially others. 
everything that is within the third dimensional world of matter is in fact an illusion. A very good one, but still an illusion. All created from emotion, be it negative or positive, so we can learn the lessons. In reality, Michael, we are divinity within itself, but we've lost the connection to that divinity. And we now simply work on logic, the human brain. And that's not an issue. But what we need to understand is that we have a mind that is separate from the human brain. And all the knowledge that comes into the mind comes from the soul. And that's where pure intelligence exists. So the earth is the greatest planet for schooling and learning that exists in this universe. And this universe is one of trillions. When we each make the conscious decision to change our thoughts, to change our food intake and to grow healthy, then we also grow healthy in our consciousness and self-awareness. We grow beyond negative emotion because emotion is only based on the past. Your brain inside your physical body only remembers the past, whether it be negative or positive. And depending on your emotions, it will trigger a negative or positive memory of an experience from that past. That triggered memory creates your present and subsequently your future. When you face yourself and defeat the negative chatter, insecurities and doubts which have plagued you all your life, you will have faced your greatest enemy. For the enemy is not outside of you. It is within you. And it is you, your emotions. Each time you have a thought and it is negative, recognize what you are feeling emotionally, whether it be towards another or yourself, because you cannot blame the word blame another. You are 100% fully responsible for every single action that is created by self-thought in your human life. To take recognition of that responsibility is to begin to grow consciously. From there you begin to change all the negative emotions that are encoded within your being genetically into positive reactions. That is how you as a human being will grow consciously beyond your self-created limitations. For it is wisdom that gives you the compassion and the understanding and in turn gives you the unconditional love, not just for yourself, but for all other forms of lives, which is expressed in the light of totality. Each of you must begin to dissolve your negative thoughts and change your diet by putting in natural, healthy foods, no artificial flavorings, no chemicals of any description, no animal flesh, no poisons, no toxins, because your human bodies were not designed to ingest such things, because what eventuates after many years of abuse of your human vehicle is human disease. Please remember, one of your enlightened beings from the late in your 19th century once said, Disease is neither vindictive nor cruel, but it is the means adopted by your soul to halt you from doing further harm and to help lead you back onto the path of light and truth from which each of you should never have strayed. And that 
humanity is the truth. Mm, well, that's an interesting answer. But isn't truth subjective? Yeah, I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah, yes, Michael, it can be. You have just over, let's say, 7 billion human beings on this planet Earth alone. And each of you believe that you have or know the truth. But in reality, if you open your heart and your mind beyond the limitations of your third dimensional matter world, you will discover that it is only an idea of what truth is, which is created by many human thoughts over many lifetimes and documented on your pieces of paper in your human history to be accepted as the truth. Knowing humanity's past, that all human beings tend to change what the original truth was from when it first began. If you wish to discover real truth, total truth, which is a pure state of being and which is ever-changing, being unconditional and unbiased, then stop the chatter in your human brain and halt the thoughts in your physical world by going quiet in your mind. If you persist with this long enough through your meditations, you will discover a voice within you, a void, an emptiness, a nothingness that is so silent you will have a self-realization of the light that is within you. Now, each of you have the connection of this light, which is the totality of creation being living energy. It is there waiting for you to achieve self-realization. It is your choice and your choice alone to take and follow that path. There is no one on this planet in this moment of life that can claim to give you the total truth, but only to give you the guidance to discover that total truth. You will come to that realization through the power of your own thoughts by purifying the human vehicle that you live within. You will become a living example of a human conscious being which is capable of going beyond the third dimensional world of matter, which in its present state is complete chaos. You have more wars and conflict on your planet Earth because of thoughts being projected constantly, even through religions, because of political views. So it comes back again to free will. If you can see it in your mind through your imagination, you can create it. That is how powerful thoughts are, because it is living energy. But you cannot go beyond your level of thinking if you constantly feel insecure and relive the pain of your past over and over and over again. You must be willing to step beyond it, step beyond the limitations that you have created out of self-fear. Your human word fear is just another form of energy which can be dissolved within an instant. If you wake up, from your human sleep, feeling angry, feeling annoyed, you will normally have a very annoying day. But if for a moment you can stop that emotion of negativity and say to yourself, no, I actually feel good. I actually feel strong. I allow my anger to be dissolved into the nothingness from which it came, my past, and I learn to forgive my past and forgive others that I have hurt or who have hurt me throughout my entire life. I grow beyond that pain. That in itself is a great healing. Just think, if all human beings could stop for one moment on their planet Earth, all at the same moment, and see in your mind's eye 
all your negativity, all your hatred, all the emotions that you have grown up with, which come from the negative experiences, and then recognize what you have done by dissolving it back into that nothingness with the power of love in your hearts. And then project this love all around the planet Earth and within her. Your thoughts alone can heal the Earth in an instant. Your thoughts alone can heal all the pain, the misery and famine. That is on your planet today, and especially all human disease. I normally don't talk about this, but let's just use Roman as an excuse. Roman is a living example of that healing process. When he was told he had cancer, and he was told also that he only had eight months to live unless his left lung was removed, and he went under chemotherapy, took another drug to keep him stable, he would have died back then, back in 1988. He would no longer exist. But something inside of him said what he has created through his own negativity, he also has the power to uncreate through the power of his own thoughts. He knew he must change everything in his human life by disposing of all his negativity and stress out of his life and to change his attitude by learning to love and accept who he was through the power of his own thoughts. That he did. He changed his diet and ate good pure plant foods only. In a period of 8 to 11 months of your earth time, his left lung totally rejuvenated itself. I understand his human doctor was amazed and couldn't believe the miracle which had occurred, but it was true. He has nothing to prove. He never even spoke about it for at least 10 years of his life, for he felt embarrassed that he had created such a deadly disease which is rampant on planet Earth today. Let me say this. Disease is created from two things, and two things only. Negative thoughts created from negative emotions throughout your human life, and the consuming of unhealthy foods. These two things work together to create a sick human body, and that is where your diseases come from. From your thoughts, stress, and ultimately bad food, you create disease. Having it cut out or drugged is only a temporary treatment. You must each learn to deal with your thoughts and your emotions. What you project as a negative thought to another being is projected back unto you. What you steal from another somewhere in your human life will be stolen back from you. If you murder for whatever reason or take the life of another, your life will be forfeited. That is the law of the universe. What is unbalanced must be brought back into balance. There is no judgment in what I have expressed. You may think there is, but there is not. It is only the level of your thinking that allows one to judge another because they may be insecure, and yet it is only a creation of your thoughts. Ultimately, the foods that you consume degrade your human body and its ability to think clearly and rationally and making you denser and denser in your body matter until you have no mobility, until you can no longer move your fingers from arthritis. For example, because of all calcium that you have taken from the animals you have consumed, that is what arthritis is, a build-up of calcium and toxins forming structures of crystallization 
And if we were to look at it from a metaphysical point of view, it says that you do not believe you deserve to be healthy. You do not believe that you deserve to be mobile. You believe that you have been bad, so you must be self-punished. So you create your own illness, which can and does lead to self-created diseases. Know this, what creates all things is thought consciousness, and living energy is thought consciousness, and you each are created from living energy. So if that is the truth, then you as all humanity are in fact thought conscious beings, and only you as an individual can command your own reality, your own destiny. Mm. So, Kentakis, I know that you've kind of covered this a few times already, but I, I just want to ask you again, when I notice myself having a negative thought, what should I do? Okay. Um, when you have a negative thought in that moment, that moment is the most precious thing in your life. Because what it's doing in that moment is giving you the ability to change it. So when you think of, say, God, I can't stand this guy, Kentakis, that's the moment. Yeah, well, I, you know, I might use myself as an example. But that's the moment that you can say, well, why? What is it about that person that is creating this negative thought in my mind, in my brain? And what you will find in most situations, it's not another person. It's actually you. There is something about you. So if you can turn around in that moment and say, hang on, I don't really have a negative thought about that. I think it's me. And it's me that I need to change. So I now squash that thought and I let it dissolve into a nothingness because I no longer need it. It depends on the circumstances. It depends on the thought, how you're going to change it. You might be walking down the street and you might cross the road and, you know, there's no crossing, but you just suddenly cross it and the car puts its brakes on and nearly hits you. And the guy turns around and says, you stupid idiot. And you give him the finger, right? Or you tell him off or swear at him or yell at him even abuse him verbally. Well, when you get across the road so you're safe, stop and think about why you did that. Why did I cross the road when there was no crossing, no lights? I didn't even look to see if a car was coming. And yet that person saved my life because he stopped or she stopped. So what made me do it? It Was it frustration? Was it because I was late for an appointment? Or was it just because I thought I was just simply ignorant or arrogant enough to make that car stop? Do you see what I'm trying to say, how I'm trying to follow that question and that answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you catch your thinking you, at, the, you, at the spot. Absolutely, catch your thinking. That's a good phrase. Catch your thinking at the spot. And if you can do that every single time or not react to something, you've actually stepped forward because thoughts as i said many times thoughts are very very powerful be it negative or positive ones and sometimes we really have to try and squash our negative thoughts 
by putting something in front of it in a positive way. You might say um, you went down the stairs and, uh, um, you know, you stood on a nail. And you might have a family up, up inside, right? Like you might have some kids and a wife, and but you went down these stairs and you stood on, an, on a nail that was in a bit of timber. You didn't see it. Yet you put it there, you forgot to take it. So, you know, you'll scream and yell and swear and you'll try to blame everybody else and you'll try to say, oh, probably one of the kids left it here, you know, and you'll, you'll abuse them. But in reality, it had nothing to do with them. Your emotions have got nothing to do with what those kids may be about about, or that husband may be about. It's actually you. So, and also the other good part about it is you actually saved one of your children or your wife from standing on it. You took it in. You took the pain. Mm. And that's a good, positive thing. So, yeah, pull the nail out, put some disinfectant on it, uh, or go and get a needle, at, you know, so you don't get it, um, whatever you're supposed to get. Look at things as a positive outcome, not a negative outcome. And my even my son, um, JC, who turns six in August, he teaches me all the time. And it's very important that we understand that we can learn from anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. And that's like when we put something into our mouth that's really bad for us, like, you know, alcohol. Alcohol's bad. It's not good. It's rubbish. It's totally negative. When we put um, points into our body, it's poison, toxic, bad stuff. And it literally prevents us. Those types of foods prevent us from growing stronger in our mind. It keeps us locked into a certain way of thinking. It holds us back. I was going to ask, yeah, my, my next question was going to be about meat. I was going to ask if you would talk about the energy of it, the actual energy of me. And also, okay. could you share that quote that Jesus said about eating of the dead? When you, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll do that first, yes. Yeah, yeah. way back, way back when Jesus was around about, say, ooh, 20, not quite, 26, 27 in his physical life as Jesus. Originally, his name was Jikas. His mother gave Mary, his mother gave him the name Jikas, which means bright star. And then it was changed to Jesus, which means divine being. So, you know, I'm not sure how you work that one out. I like Jikas personally. But the thing about energy Jesus always stated, if you eat of the flesh, you become the living dead. And it's strange for a a being like him 2,000 years ago to actually state those words. It really is. That's why I know that Jesus was not of what they say he was. He was an alien being from another world. That is 100% true. I don't care what anyone says. It's the truth, and I know that. But when you eat of the dead, you become the living dead. And what that means is that you will die from what you are eating eventually. Now, if we look around our world today, that's pretty well come into existence because the amount of people 
who were diagnosed with bowel cancer. And when I say bowel cancer, there are many different forms of bowel cancer. And a lot of it is caused by fermentation. And the cells mutate and become cancerous. And when you actually eat meat, a lot of meat stays in the human gut, the human bowels before it's released, anything up to 72 hours. Yeah, people will argue that, but it's, it's the truth. Some, two hours, some, 10 hours, some, 30 hours, and goes right up. But it also depends on the health of your body. If you're an oversized person and you eat a lot of fatty foods and you're emotional, you will hold on to those emotions because you bury them. And that's the same when you get bowel cancer. From a metaphysical point of view, bowel cancer represents holding on to the past, not willing to look, not willing to let go. And that is 100% truth. You can argue it. You can try and even prove it scientifically. Still a lie. What I'm saying is the truth. And I'm only saying it because I'm thinking of humanity. Because bowel cancer is increasing rapidly. And it's not a good thing. Fermentation and meat creates acidity in such high doses. And what's interesting about acidity it actually attacks muscle, eats cells of muscle. But it also eats your nervous system. And I've heard in the last 11 years of different people that I've come into contact with that they are having this strange new name disease, how their nervous system is disappearing and they can't work out how. I personally believe it's the acidic acid because it causes so many different forms of ailments. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, wow. My next question is, how can we use meditation to overcome our negative conditioning? Oh, Michael, that's that's a really beautiful question, and I like that. I really do. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great fan of meditation. I actually call it na tung tai, na tung ta, na tung ta, that's better, na tung ta. And na tung ta is meditation of stilling of the mind. Now, the Nakarons, where I come from, they actually meditate on a daily basis. It's part of their whole regime. That's what they do. And they believe when you meditate, you literally connect to your mind now when you meditate to begin with you actually connecting with your brain your human brain now naturally the brain doesn't understand what meditation is all about and to the brain it's actually boring i know that sounds a little bit negative but i don't mean it to be but that is what it is but the mind is so open to everything and if you allow yourself to connect in the silence you will connect to your mind and when you connect to your mind you will connect then to your soul which is divinity which is what you are divinity but you've disconnected from your higher self that's the best way to put it 
And the only way to change that is to reconnect. And when you reconnect, you will start to find that your life will be less stressful, less painful, more enjoyable, more happy, more balanced, and you'll even create, how would you say, better finances in your life. And that's up to you. But there are so many different forms of meditation. You have to pick what is best for you. I used to, long, long time ago, I used to have a mantra, and I used to say these simple words, and I used to do it over and over and over and over again. And I would simply say, I am light, I am light, I am light, I am light. And I would repeat that a thousand times in that meditation. And what I found, and I mean this, what I found, I actually stopped the chatter. The brain shut up its thoughts because it didn't know what to do. But then I connected to something that was so blissful, which was my mind. And because my mind is out there and it's connected to my soul, I actually discovered my own divinity by being inside of my own soul and communicating. That's when you know you've touched the essence of your heart because your heart also is directly connected to your soul. So meditation will help you in everything in your life. And even using imagination in your meditation helps. If you say, say you love the beach, say you want to live on an island and you want no one else around, just yourself, so you can think clearly, then close your eyes, sit on your rear end, just open your legs up a little bit so you balance so you don't fall over. Put your hands gently on your heart and hold them up against your heart. Then in your imagination, visualize this beautiful small island that has tremendous palm trees and coconuts, beautiful white sandy beaches, and you can hear the water just hitting the beach. Then see yourself standing on the beach by using your imagination what you'll start to do after a period of time, you will find that you will be so strong in your thought consciousness through your imagination connected to your mind that you will literally see yourself as if you are walking or standing on the sand. And from that point, if you keep doing it, you will literally be able to be in total control of that image and go wherever you want because we are divinity. And when you're divinity, you are limitless. And the power of all things begins with the mind, always. Wow. Thank you, Kentakis. Um I wanted to ask, it's going in the complete opposite direction, I guess. What is fear and how does it play a part in our growth? In fact, if we're going to talk about fear, maybe you could explain the ego to us and how it drives our lives. Oh, well, can I use myself as an example? Yeah. 
Okay. This this is a little bit different, but when you when you started saying what you were saying, I had a flashback of a memory when I was 20, 29, and I was in town coming to the um, Central Railway Station. And as I was walking down the platform, I saw these um, guys. There was about four or five of them. I can't remember exactly, but four or five of them. I won't describe their nationalities or anything like that because people think I'm being prejudiced. But I sat down away from them, and then they noticed me. And they started walking up, you know, acting really tough and swinging punches and all that type of thing at each other. Then they stood right in front of me. And they said, we're going to punch you so bad that you won't know if you're dead or alive. That's exactly what this guy said to me. And they all started laughing their heads off. And they said, oh, you look like you are so scared. And I admit, I was a little. I was a little scared because I hadn't been approached by you know, four or five guys before, and they looked fairly well built. And I was sitting there, and suddenly I had this thought in my head. And my teacher, he, he died many, many years ago. A beautiful man he was, really beautiful man. But he, he taught me something about the Kundalini. He even showed me how to actually activate it. At that time, I didn't. I didn't put much emphasis on it. But I suddenly felt this heat at the base chakra, which is, you know, right down the bottom where your, your rear end is. That's where the bottom of your spine. And I suddenly felt it getting really hot. And I got this image that I was literally going to fly up and I was going to hit the leader so hard that the others would be so scared that they'd all run. That's what I had in my head. I changed fear into power, self-power. And just as I looked at this guy, he was coming up, he was going to hit me. They all, they all spoke about it, so he was going to be the one that was going to come up and hit me first, and then they were going to bash me up. I literally rose up so quick because of my martial arts training, and I hit him so hard, he literally lifted off the ground. And I remember something snapping, and I believe it was his jaw. And he fell to the ground like a bag of potatoes. And they all stood there looking at me. Then they looked at each other, and I stood there in a very powerful position. And I said, pick up your friend. And I said, leave, or the same will happen to you. They looked at each other, and the fear was reversed. It was on their faces. And the prey became the hunter. And as they picked him up, which it was hard because he was a bigger guy and they had to all sort of carry him, but he was out cold and they walked off. And in that moment, I realized that fear is simply another word, energy. That's what fear is because everything in this universe is living energy and how we use it personally is our choice. If we have experiences of fearful things throughout our life, we will create more and more fear, which can hold us back from achieving, which can stop us from, say, being around people, 
It can do all sorts of things. But you've got to remember, fear has no power unless you give it power. And I most certainly stopped it in its tracks. Mm. And from that moment on, I'll be honest, I do not fear anything or anyone, even if it means my human death. I will stand up for my rights because I go beyond fear. And that's one thing we as a species must learn because if we do, it can also help change our life for the better. Yeah, right. I, I trust um, I trust that answered your question. Yeah, that was uh that was good. I however there was one part I said as well, I said, um and and if you could explain the ego to us, maybe just oh, briefly ego, yes. how that fits yeah. into it. Okay. The ego was created by every single human individual a very, very long time ago. It grew and grew and grew. Originally we were quite quite humble beings as a species when called human. And we were very caring, very loving, and we'd go out of our way to help anyone. But then there were those that wanted to dominate, control, put fear into the masses. So their egos started to become more powerful. And then they used the soldiers to hold everyone around, keep them locked down, keep them from doing anything, even murdering them. So ego manifested itself in the dominators first, and then it spread amongst the masses. And because humanity has suffered such horrendous wars throughout its entire evolution, nothing was ever forgiven. Nothing came back into balance. So ego exploded. And if we look at what is happening today, right at this time in the last 20 years, I think I might have said this in the last podcast, ego has grown so mad that there are these people that want to reduce the entire human population. I mean, you've got to ask yourself this question, where do people like that come from? Where do people grow so huge in their own egos that they want to dominate and destroy an entire civilization. It doesn't make any sense. But then ego exists in every, and that's the negative side of us because of our conditioning, because of our pain, our misery, our disappointments, our anger, our emotions. We have to dissolve all of that to move on and become conscious beings. That's the only way. Mm. Yeah, right. And maybe I'll finish with my last question. How does unconditional love fit into this? You are what you eat and you are what you think. Okay. Let me, let me put it this way. Let's use a, double, a double-edged sword. If we have, say, the evil on one side, and the love, the love on the other, we're balancing. And it's our choice throughout our entire evolution which way we choose to go. You can never have evil living within a society that's trying to be unconditionally 
how would you say, loving. It will always form a cancer like rust. So we have to realize that somewhere in our human evolution, we have to dissolve evil. And yes, it's got to be eradicated. That's the only way that you can change a species evolution. You can't have it living amongst you. And like an example, for instance, you get a pedophile who continually commits such horrendous crimes against children and destroys their lives completely, especially emotionally. Then they go to prison. Maybe five years, ten years, if they're lucky. Then they left out. But have a guess where they put them. They put them into a neighborhood that's full of children. That's what the government is doing. Especially in Australia. And the police monitor them to make sure that no one harms them. And yet they're the evil. Because that's what they are. So when you say the difference between, say, unconditional love and, say, evil, the evil's got to be destroyed and balanced within every single one of us. And unconditional love will transform us back to our divinity, into our mind, to our soul. And that's so important. That's our saviour. It is our saviour, Michael, knowing our heart and finding the balance of unconditional love within it. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kentuckus, for all that you shared. You're very welcome, Michael. And uh, this concludes another episode of Kentuckus. Uh, if you want to find out more about Kentuckus, his website is etcconsciousness.com. That includes his books that are on there. And if you have any questions or any reason to contact us, you can find us at Kentarkis, the Facebook page, or you can email Kentarkis at gmail.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Michael Yon, and stay tuned for more.